Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Light 365, iHeartRadio. We have the one and only Carrie Foe all the way out of Arkansas. Little Rock joining me here on the show here today. Welcome to the show. How's your, t- how's your day going? Great. It's going great. It's a little rainy right now, but I'm glad to be here. So mm-hmm. thanks for L- Little Rock, Arkansas is where you're from. You represent there. Are you currently there now? Because I know you relocated to L.A. You've also been out in Atlanta. So where are you currently now? Are you back in Arkansas? Yeah, I'm, I'm back in Arkansas right now. How's it feel to be back? Do you, are, are you championed once you go back? Because after your time in L.A., I heard you did go back home and you're back home now. So do you feel as though you're finally getting that recognition? You're able to bring resources back there to, to put the spotlight back on Arkansas? Uh, well, the thing is, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm like champion because when I come home, people don't know. <laughs> I'm, oh. like very, I'm like very tucked off. But um, I mean, I, I feel like I'm I'm like now starting to get in a position where I can bring more of a spotlight. And there are people that like very much champion me. Like they always keep my name in the conversation of people who are in the Arkansas scene or who are coming out of Arkansas. So I'm always grateful that people like, you know, give me my flowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a curious question for you because growing up, you were watching Missy Elliott, Destiny's Child on the TV. You're always watching TV when you're younger. How do you think you could establish that same organic feeling as those artists back in the day? Because now we're in the social media age. There's hundreds of artists everywhere. We don't know who's true because something that you always preach about is that you feel as though there's a lot of artists out there now that are honest in their music, but you also have others that aren't as honest. And you're one of those artists that are honest. So how do you feel as though you could bring that organic feeling to the social media age like a Missy Elliott? Uh, I think it's just like staying true to who I am and not necessarily like falling for like the, I don't know, there's like this, um, there's like this sexiness to be the most talked about person on the internet like now. And for me that I don't, I don't think that that's like, that's not really my thing. I'm not like, I really, now I really don't be on like Instagram and Twitter as much as I used to. Um, Cause I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm just more focused on like making things that feel good, like outside of the algorithm, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so it's like I feel like if I if I give everything that I have when I'm like living my life outside of the loop and outside of the algorithm, whatever I put into it, it's it's easily gonna find the people that it's supposed to find. And so yeah, it's just it's just really about like not giving too much to like what's happening on the internet and like not feeling like okay or or break into the pressure of like oh I gotta I gotta do this I gotta post this because this is happening if I don't post this then people won't care and like that's just not true like you know if you're not fighting to be viral then people will always care about what you're doing if you're if you're really trying to find like your people that support you so do you feel as though that social media will eventually become secondary in a way because you do see big artists right now like Billie Eilish I think Selena Gomez they're removing themselves from social media and I'm someone that agrees with that because I think social media is very toxic there there's a lot of fake numbers on there just there's so many things that I go against social media and you yourself just mentioned that you really don't like social media especially with the algorithm so do you ever see it becoming secondary eventually once you see these artists such as yourself and Billie Eilish saying that I don't need this and I can't deal with it yeah, I do. I mean, I do see it becoming secondary. Just, I mean, even people who aren't artists are starting to be like, man, this is draining. Like being like seeing, you know, like people being super wealthy and having all this money. And it's like, I can't even afford to pay my bills or I can't, you know what I mean? Like that, like that in and of itself, is just becoming tiresome, you know? And like, um, just feeling like you kind of got to you got to do all these things and to try to catch up to what you're seeing every day. But that thing that you're seeing, the images that you're, you're seeing projected are just not real. Like that's not like a like everybody's not living like that. And so um, I do I do feel like it's about to take a turn and like people are just going to want to like, you know, see things that are closer to what they live every single day. So um I mean, social media is like, don't, don't get it twisted. Like I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the internet. Like yeah. a lot of us wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the internet. A lot of us didn't have opportunities. And be, and because, you know, the internet allowed us a, a, um, a channel to be able to say what we want to say no matter where we were coming from. I think that, that that's special. And, you know, I don't take that for granted, but I think that like, you know, there's always a, a, another side, a dark side to something. And yeah, it's it's that that need to feel like you got to keep up. You got to 
you got to like feed the beast basically. (laughs) (laughs) But but yeah, it's, I mean, it it has its good. I'll be on Twitter and I'll be laughing and stuff. I'll be on Instagram laughing and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you got to keep a healthy balance. So. Exactly. It can get to a lot of people. Just just post it when you really need it. Like, like J. Cole and Kendrick, they go on once in a great while and post and you see how their careers thrive. And they take the same approach with their albums. They'll drop one when they feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's and I, I feel like because I mean, there'll be some people that say like, well, of course, they can do that because they're already famous. They're already this and that. But I do I do feel like there is a way of like, you know, promoting yourself actively as an artist and not feeling like you have to like you know, just like do the most essentially. Like, um, like if you don't post, you'll, you know, you'll be irrelevant or you'll lose followers. Like be okay with losing followers. Like I lose followers all the time. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I don't I, care. I'll be, going, I'll be going like months without posting. I'm like, I don't care if y'all don't. Cause the thing is, as soon as I start posting again, people are, are going to come right back. So it's like, you know, just be okay with, with that. Like not letting the internet really dictate, you know, your life. So. Exactly. You can't do that. I think Instagram, actually, you can't use the unfollow apps anymore. I think there's something wrong. Like with the second party apps, they disable them, like they'll lock your account. So a lot of people are getting locked out of their accounts, trying to get into the unfollow gram account. So I didn't even know that. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) Unbelievable. But I want to get into your history here because you you have an interesting history. Just learn about your life story. We'll get into that. But as far as your your hip hop career goes, I want to take it back to the age of 16 when I think it was a a group of friends that you had used to record in the closet and you went home and wrote over a Jay-Z song cry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote over it. I wrote over Jay-Z song. Well, so I used to hang out with... um, so there was this girl that was in my class, her name was Celeste. Like she, me and her were super cool. And her brother was like a rapper. And so he like would record people at his house. Well, at their house, they live with their parents. <laughs> and so, um, so I had went over there. I was like, oh, I can rap, whatever. And so I went over there with my friend Jasmine. And he was like, okay, like it was him and this other guy that was over there. And and they were like, all right, go home and like write a sixteen. And before that, I had just only wrote poetry like I used to just write poetry and like write short stories and stuff like that um just because you know that's what I like to do and so they were like yeah you should um you should write a 16 and come back and record it and I was like I don't even know it I didn't even know what a 16 was I was like what's 16 they were like write 16 bars I was like what is 16 bars they was like and so they showed me how to count bars and I was like oh okay like this is like a like the scheme whatever so I'm like all right cool so then I went home and um, I had chose that beat and I wrote I wrote it or whatever. And my friend also wrote a verse too. So she's on the song too. And then um, and then we went back and we like recorded it at, uh, at their house. And I was like, damn, this is fire. And I remember just like putting it on Facebook or something. And, um, and then my friend's like, oh, I fuck with that song. And so then that was my first time being like, oh, like, oh, this is like, how you make music and then from there it just it just kind of grew from like facebook to myspace to then twitter and i just kept i kind of well i had kind of quit making music uh when i turned 18 and i moved and i went away to college but then i started back up again like after like when i was like 19 so yeah i, I heard about uh, your your life story just to everything we could touch on that because actually in relating to your biological father paul jones mm-hmm. he was a, a rapper yeah he was a big rapper out in Arkansas. And to this day, because I heard that he does send you messages on Facebook and support you. But is there time that someone else has either told you or he himself that he they can hear your father in your music at all? Uh, No, I mean, I I mean, when I found out, I was like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, um, nobody's ever told me that. Um, and I don't really I don't really like talk to him like that. Well, I don't really talk to him at all. But um, I like just knowing from that, like knowing that song as a kid, like the like crushing that that was like a huge song when I was a kid, and this was before I even knew he was my father. And so um, when my biological mom had told me who my dad was, I was like, "What? Like that's crazy!" Because that one song that he had, I'm like, we used to sing that song all the time, and so it just it made it made sense that like like the way that I like rap is very reminiscent of the way that he raps, you know? It's like, it's very like, 
it's very it's very slow i mean to to me like compared mm -hmm. to how to be rapping fast it's very slow it's very like you know you just getting your shit off you just popping your shit and so um it just made sense i was like oh okay like cool <laughs> <laughs> you were i think was it you were 19 when you found out that you were adopted um no 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 i was i've known that i was adopted like pretty much my whole life wow okay i had just i just found my well actually a family friend had found um had went to church with my like biological grandma mm -hmm. and so i guess like my brother my like biological brother uh me and him look we look just alike and so i think my my family friend was just like hey like she she called my mom and was like hey i think i know who Kay's parents are or like i know who her family is because i think they go to my church yeah and my mom was like who whatever and so then she showed my mom whatever and my mom had told me she's like hey i got something to tell you i think we know who your biological family is and so then when she showed me my brother was the first person i talked to and when i saw him i was like oh yeah that's my brother and so um <laughs> And after that, I met my mom. Then my mom told me who my dad was. And then, yeah, it just went from there. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I pretty much know my whole life that I was adopted. Is there a point of comfort that you were able to reach knowing that, like, because you know in your whole life, but just to able to come to terms with it is, and it, and it is what it is. Was there ever a period in your life that you're going through, like, man, I'm adopted? Yeah, no, I, for a long time. Yeah. Like, I mean, most of my childhood, uh, for sure. Um, I had pretty much, I had, I was pretty much kind of over it. Like by the time I had found out who they were, I mm -hmm. was kind of already over it. You know, okay. I had already like accepted it for what it was like, cause I used to be, when I was a kid, I used to be thinking like, oh, Mary J. Blige, my mama. Like I used to be saying, oh, like I used to be thinking the wildest stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, my mom is, I don't know, you know, somebody super famous, whatever. And then uh, by the time I had, like realized that I was like 18 and I was like, all right, whatever it is, what it is, life is what it is. And then that's when I found them and I was like, oh, shit. And then it became this whole thing of like, OK, like, you know, getting to know them and their story. Um, but now that now the point that I'm at now, um, I'm 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 really close to my biological brother. I talked to my mom through my brother and then my dad. I just don't really have, I don't really have anything to say to him, but okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Like, we're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did read online that your, the, your parents that, that, that adopted your adopted parents, your father works for a Skippy peanut butter factory. That's right. Mm -hmm. and, and your mother's a minister. Yeah, she, well, she did, she did, uh, she did, she used to work at Blue Cross Blue Shield. And she sells Tupperware, and she also is like a chaplain, like an ordained like minister. Okay, so, yeah. A lot of she has a lot of hustles. <laughs> <laughs> I think you brought her out to a Mick Jenkins concert, right? I did. Yeah, I did. yeah. And uh, it was funny because that was the that was like the first real show she had ever been to because mm -hmm. she's very like I can't be seen in a place that be playing that kind of music, whatever you know. And so she decided to come. She drove down to Dallas with my dad and they, she saw the show and she was just like blown away. She's like, oh my gosh, like all these people came and they know the words to the song and they want your autograph. They buying t-shirts and all this other stuff. And, you know, she, um, she, I mean, she wasn't like super supportive of me doing music per se. Like it, she was more so just like, I want you to have a job. And so she didn't understand what I was doing. You know, she was just like, oh, you up in your room all day playing loud music. I don't know what you're doing. You need to get a job. And so I think that was the first time she realized, like, oh, this is her job. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so, yes, yeah, uh, ever since then, she's just like, oh, like, you know, she apologized. And was like, I'm sorry I didn't support you in the ways you need to be supported. But, like, I'm just glad you didn't give up on your dream. And, like, I'm glad I got to see it. So, yeah, it was that was a fun night. That was a fun night. <laughs> that's amazing just to hear that she is supportive of your dream and what you're doing right now but the whole school thing because i do relate to the whole f a job i heard you went through that phase at 19 saying that what was the job that you realized that yeah this isn't it for me i'm pursuing music uh that here's the thing i i'll tell you this i used to get jobs to do music so i would 
get a job. I would work the job for like two weeks, get a crazy check, and then I would like quit the job. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would take the check and I would like invest it in my music. And then when that money ran out, I would get another job and I would work there for however long and then I would get the check and then I would quit the job and invest it in music. So there wasn't necessarily a particular job where I was like, oh, I'm not doing this no more. It was just, it was just at a certain, it, it just got to a point where it's like, okay, you can now fully go off and do what you want to do and not have to work a job. But um, I was like never really opposed to like working if I could get the money to support what I was trying to do, you know? Um, I was never going to let nothing get in the way of what I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, it, it was basically a side hustle just to support what you really wanted to do. Yeah. 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 And I was never going to invest more time in a job than I was into my dreams. Like ever. That wasn't, yeah. that was I never felt the pressure to do that. I'm just like, and, and it's crazy. It's very, it's very audacious of me to be like, I don't care. I'll, I'll be all right. I'll be fine. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. But I did ultimately. And so, um, yeah, I've, I've like worked retail. I've worked at I worked at Chick Fil A. Worked at um, I've been a hostess at a few restaurants. Um, I worked at Dollar General. So I, you know, I just be doing what I got to do. Yeah, I, I had my share of the mill of doing retail, and I rage quit and never looked back ever again because those jobs they become so demanding and they try to take over your life. They try to take control. Yeah. They take yeah. advantage. It's all part of the system. I'm very rage against the machine. It's all part of the system. They try to yeah. and trap it's a you lot in. Of, it's to kind of like drain all of your energy. And then when you go home, you don't want to do anything. No. Like, you don't want to do anything. So I was just like, I'm going to I'm gonna focus on this job for however long. I'm going to get this money, and then I'm going to quit. Cause, so then I don't have to worry about it anymore. So, yeah. From there, after high school, you go out to Atlanta, the Art Institute of Atlanta, and you learn about engineering. But I heard that you didn't have the best of times out there. You really didn't like the experience from what I read online. Not not, not at school. Not at school. Yeah, not at school. I loved, um, no, so I went So I went to high school here in yeah. Little Rock. And then when I graduated, I um, signed up for Art Institute. And like the school, the school as far as like the people that I met, it was fire. It was great. The city was great. It was at the time, like, you have to understand, like, this is the time, like, Future is coming up. Like, Gucci Mane is, like, a super mega big deal. Um, you just have, like, the Migos, like, Trinidad James, off of record. Like, literally, that was, like, the the golden time yeah. of, like, you know, blog era rap. Um, and so, like, I just I didn't really care for like the school part because the school was I don't know I don't really feel like you would like learn with I don't know it just it just felt like uh this is whatever you know and so I just kind of spent my time like hanging out and like meeting people and stuff which ultimately when I left school I just ended up staying in Atlanta and I um I just like you know was just on the scene and like making friends and um met just a lot of cool people so the city of Atlanta was great. The Art Institute was yeah, a scam. I, I've read in the quote. Yeah. yeah scam energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but from there, talk to me how you got to L.A. Because I know that L.A. wasn't somewhere you thought that you were going to be or you ever wanted to be. But apparently you had a dream about L.A. Then a month later, you were out there. So talk, talk to me about how this transition happened and what this dream was about. I'm curious to hear um, I, I don't think it was necessarily about anything. It was just, I was living in LA and I had never, I had never had any desire to live in LA. So if anything, I would have lived in New York if, you know, first, if, if an opportunity would have opened up then. But, um, yeah, I had just, I, I had a dream I was living in LA and then, um, I had told my like collaborator at the time, I was like, Hey, like I had this dream, we were living in LA, whatever. And um, so then that's when, like, like I feel like a month later, that's when the Gambino thing happened. Yeah. And they were like, oh, like, you know, like, come out to L.A., like, you know, work work with us, like, just, you know, just be around so you can be in the industry and, like, see what this stuff is about. And so, yeah, it just, it just happened that way. It, like, Malik invited you out, right? No. So I, so they, so they reached out to Malik 
on be uh for on behalf of Donald. Okay. To remix no small talk. And so, um, so Chad and Fam, who managed Donald, asked me and Malik to come out there. Yeah, that's how that connection went down. With you going out there, everyone always says this: you can't trust the people out in LA. I know you're you come from a, a place that you can't trust these industry people. So, how did you learn to trust people moving in the industry? What are the signs that you can trust someone? Because I don't care where it is, you have to move with that mentality. You can't trust anyone. You can't just go in thinking that it's just LA because if you go to New York, they'll burn you there too. Trust me. So what was it that you kind of had to learn that which it was, you were okay with trusting people. Um, it's just like understanding where, understanding what, um, like what it, like what the relationship is, like where, like where the person is. Right. So if you go into every situation being like, Oh, this is my friend. But this person is just like, oh, we work, we're working. Like it's like when you take when you take those things personally, when you take work things personally, you're gonna always feel like you can't like trust somebody or you can't work with somebody or you can't do certain things because you're putting a certain level of like you're just putting you're just giving too much to people, you know? And so you have to understand how to compartmentalize and like separate your relationships and be like, oh, this is my friend. Like these are my friends that I actually you know, have heart to hearts with and I can tell them shit and I can and be real with them. And then these are the people that I work with. And so when it's work related, this is what we're doing. We can we can like be cordial and be nice and laugh and da da da, but it's work, you know, and I can't feel no type of way when these people just want to work. And then there's people that you know, like you see out and about and you, you may party with, you may see them, you know what I mean? But you're not gonna you may not work with them and you may not have heart to hearts with them, but there's nothing wrong with just like going out with them and like seeing them out and, you know, having a drink or whatever. So it's just learn. it's just about like learning where to put people. And I think that's something that like, like, I mean, I'm still, I'm still to this day, you know, figuring out how to do that properly. Mm-hmm. But, um, but now it's not, it's not necessarily about just like trust no one. It's just like, trust yourself to know that like if something feels off with somebody just let that be what it is like you don't have to force a relationship you don't have to force a working relationship you don't have to force a friendship you know so it's like if somebody is not fucking with you or you feel weird about the situation just let it be what it is and don't 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 force it because then if you force it then that ends up being this thing where you end up getting burned in the end you know so I just kind of trust I just trust my instincts now. It's mm-hmm. like yeah, you have to. <laughs> those tiny bells be going off in the beginning, and then they turn into fire alarms when you don't listen the first time. So, <laughs> and you think back, man, I should have really went with my gut instinct on this guy. Yeah, no, yeah. not not even like to be honest. I don't really even have no. I don't have no regrets. I'm just be real. Like mm-hmm. everything, everything happened the way that it was supposed to. That's. That's genuinely what I believe, because I think that if any other thing would have happened differently, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm very, 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 very happy with like who I am as a person, and as an artist today. You get what I'm saying? So it's like if I'd be like, oh, if I should have avoided that. No, that person that did whatever that made me feel whatever type of way, whether they were right or wrong or whatever, that wouldn't have made me be the way that I am now. And so I don't, I don't, I don't look at it as like, oh, I mean, I took an L. Like, no, I just learned a lesson, a lesson that I clearly needed to learn, and I wasn't gonna learn it until I experienced it. Because to me, experience is the best teacher. So, um, yeah, I just be like, all right, that is, it is what it is. I, I take my lesson and I keep it moving. You keep it moving, but I, I want to talk about New York because you mentioned New York before. If there's an opening that came up, but how did it feel to have the people out there cheering for your name? carry foe out at SOBs. Oh yeah. No, that was fun. That was very fun. Um I don't know. New York has always just shown me so much love. Like from like the very, very beginning. Yeah. I was very surprised because I didn't really know what to expect when I when I went there the first time. Um, you know, you just hear stuff about like people in New York are rude and this, that, and the third. And I'm like, I like, I don't know, I like New York people. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like you, you like, you get what you see. Like, you know, it's like they're very like upfront and like blunt and like 
a little bit rude and I and I like that. I like it because I'm I'm the same way. <laughs> <laughs> like move, like get out the way, like move. So um, so yeah, I love New York. New York loves me. We will always have a special relationship. So yeah. <laughs> on the music scale, why do you think on the music scale that it, it's something about you that attracts to the New York sound? Because New York, they always care about their lyricists. They always they're they're to the root of hip hop. So what is because you have that neo soul edge to you. So what is it you think that New York vibes with you? I don't know. I think it's just because I'm like not I'm like not conventional. Mm. I'm not very conventional with like my music or just as a person like um and I think that that's that's also New York like like I don't know it's it's just a very like it's like a very like it's a beautiful like chaotic energy that's happening in New York and I and I feel like I can identify with that beautiful chaoticness of it and so um yeah, I mean, and then also, I mean, I be rapping. I be, yeah. I be rapping. Like, exactly. Because I be rapping, so it's, so it's cool. Like <laughs> The bars, you know, you could tell that. But, I mean, you've been able to accomplish so much, even with Laugh Now, Die Later. Big, it had a big impact on your career early on, especially being named one of the most overlooked mixtapes that year in Pitchfork. Yeah, which I didn't even know. It was on that list until like two years later. <sighs> I did not know that. Somebody told me that was like, oh yeah, I love that now that later. I saw it on uh I, I actually caught it on uh Pitchfork's list of like some some mixtapes. I'm like, wait, Pitchfork posted me and it was like, yeah. And I went back, my just is 2016. I went and looked it up and I saw it and I was like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know. So shout out to Pitchfork. They be they be fucking with me. No, it, it it's crazy even learn that two years later that you found that out. But it just shows that the people are watching no matter what. And I, I'd rather be an underrated artist than an overrated artist at the end of the day. Yeah, and I mean, I I just I don't I don't know. I don't really get into like the oh they sleeping on me they they this and they that. It's like people that fuck with me have been fucking with me, and I've been fine you know what I mean yeah. it's not like it's not like it's like oh I'm I'm like this struggling artist it's like no I have I have my core audience and my core audience my core audience is smart they're they're fun and so I get to do I get to grow and I get to evolve and they allow me the space to do that and I couldn't be more appreciative to have an audience like that you know um they're not like they don't want me to stay the same they like they like the fact that I can give them so many different styles of music in even one project. And so I'm just, you know, there's like, you know, some people feel like, you know, keep it the same, keep it the same. We don't like it when you do this. Like, oh, you're changing too much. Oh, you're, you're and it's it's like I, my my audience do not, they don't be on that with me. And I'm I'm so glad. <laughs> you also have, I've learned that you were able to get Amanda to play violin for you on your song. So tell me about your relationship with Steve Lacey and how huge he's been. I mean, with Bad Habit and everything going on this year, Grammy, right? Contemporary album he won Grammy for that award, that album. Crazy. Oh, Steve is going crazy right now. I actually, I haven't talked to him in a while. You know, he he's famous. He's super famous. So <laughs> I couldn't tell you what he's been doing, but his his uh his his last album was really good. It was yeah. really really. So I'm I'm very happy for his success. Yeah, no, I could see you two linking. I would love to see you two do some work in the future because he's also part of that, like that urban contemporary. He's out of the box because people call him this generation's prince, which people have been saying online. He's yeah, and he's, even just like the internet as a whole, like even see it, like I I love to see that you know, like she's writing for Beyonce and. You know that like Patrick Page, the bass player. He's also like I think him and Sid both wrote on Beyonce's album. So it's just really cool to see my peers like doing really cool things. And you know, just seeing where we were a few years ago, we were just all kicking in Sid's house, and like everybody's just doing great things. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, like you know, it's just it's really cool. It's like it's like when you when you're in high school or in your middle school, and you know you're hanging out with your friends, and you grow up and you see all like the jobs they have now, and it's like, damn, you. 
you work at, oh, you, you work at, oh, you work at, and so, I don't know, it's just, it's just a beautiful thing to see everybody, like, grow, change, and evolve, and, like, ultimately end up in the places that they've always, you know, wanted to be, so. What was the most important thing that you learned from Matt Martians? Um, to not, like, be stuck on, like, song structures, and also, like, harmonizing he he's like a huge harmonizer he likes to like at the times where I worked with him he just like was layered things so many times and then pitched things up pitched things down and and that was just something I was like oh I, I would have never thought to do that and so um that's definitely something I remember with him and also just you know just being um not not being being confined to a song structure HBO's Insecure, no small talk. You got your music in that. Tell me about the process and find out that you were going to be featured in the soundtrack for the show. Uh, so Issa Rae had just hit me up. Uh, I think she hit me up on like Twitter or Instagram, something like that. She just hit me up and was like, "Hey, like we we've been playing the album in the office. Like we love it. We want to you know feature some of your songs on the show." And I was like, "What the fuck?" Um, and so yeah, she just like invited me up to the office to see where they were working and stuff and uh yeah that that was pretty much it. it was it was pretty it was a pretty easy process and then it, at some point um the music supervisor super music supervisor uh Kier um he brought me in to like do uh, an original song for one of the scenes um where they're just like driving down the freeway or whatever and so that was really fun because it, it, it kind of felt like a writing prompt you know like <laughs> you're taking a test and it's like this uh tell me about da, da, da. and so it felt like okay if I watched I watched the scene and I just basically write a song about what's happening in the scene it was it was very fun it's very fun did you get to meet with any of the cast and directors on the show at all because I know acting something that you would love to take on in the future take on a role learn the mannerisms were you able to meet with any of the cast and directors make any connections no I didn't meet any cast and directors for Insecure but I was like doing auditions um like I at a booking agency that I used to be at, I had a um a talent agent. And so mm -hmm. she would send me on auditions. She would send me like scripts and stuff. And for me, it really wasn't, it really wasn't about like booking anything as much as it was about getting the experience because I had never done anything like that before. <laughs> I'm like not a trained actor, like have never acted a day in my life. And so, um, so for me, it was just, it was, it was fun to just get to go on these like casting calls and, um, to see like the movies where people would be casted. Like I went to the Queen and Slim, um, casting call. Wow. And it's so funny because, uh, Jody Smith Turner, uh, the lady that actually plays, uh, Queen mm -hmm. helped me with my lines. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so but she was so nice like she was super sweet and uh and then when she got it I was like oh my god like she's so deserving because she she didn't have to help me like she did not have to help me like nobody you know the, like those things are kind of competitive so the fact that she was like oh I'll help you go over your lines because there was a, a a side that I didn't even see so I didn't so it was a whole set of sides that I didn't get to um go over she's like I'll help you and so to see her on there, I was like, yeah, like, I'm glad somebody that's super nice and she got it. Like, That's insane. Now, how many auditions have you been on? Do you remember your first one? And was it nerve wracking for you? How was the, the process, the first audition? The first one? I can't. I honestly, I had went on a handful of them. I couldn't even tell you what the first one was. I just remember that one because that was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. um, Memorable. Yeah, it was super memorable. Um, I I think I think oh I think I had like I tried out for like Euphoria. Okay. Um, and I knew I wasn't getting that. I just went in there. <laughs> See, was, you, you got to change your mindset when you're going in these and say I'm no, getting no, no, this. No, I like I didn't even learn the lines. Like I really had just okay. went, was bullshit. Like <laughs> I was just. <laughs> I was like, oh okay, yeah, cool, whatever. Um, <laughs> But yeah, nah, it's it's fun. It's fun. It is something that I do want to I want to do at some point. But I think I'm I like I want to take it seriously. So I, I want to like actually take acting classes and improv classes and like you know do better at that. I don't want to just go into it and be like, oh, I'm a natural. Cause yeah. like, <laughs> but a fun fact: when you look up 
actors with no acting experience who made it your top actors in hollywood right now never took any acting classes and it you look that it's 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 insane (laughs) maybe i need to just (laughs) just go in there and wing it because that's what they did um but i did take i did take a an acting class or coaching acting coaching class from um the lady that's uh that plays a mom on george lopez okay yeah yeah, and um, I went to her house, and she helped. She like helped me go over some lines, and she was like, "She's really good." Because first of all, I thought that the way she was on George Lopez was like really how she is, and she's in real like, life. She's not like that, like at all. And I was like, "Oh, you be acting, like <laughs> be acting." Okay, like all right. So yeah. When you look at your favorite actresses, actors, even roles on TV shows, movies, who, who's someone that you look up to towards in a particular role that you said that I would do, like to do a role like that? Is there an example that you would like to play that fits your personality? Uh, um, I don't know. I'm, I don't be, I don't, I've never thought about that. I could say who likes who some of my like favorite actors are like. Like Denzel Washington, I'm sorry, I just he's, love him. He's so top. Much. I love him so much. Like Training Day, he did. I just love him so much. Um, I love like Steve Carell and like mm. Will Ferrell. Like I love like funny, like funny stuff too. So I'm really like I really love to laugh. So any like Amy Poehler, like Aubrey Plaza, um, I don't know, like. I, I like um what's his name uh Carmichael is it wait Gerard Carmichael I like Carmichael I like his, his show the show that he had with um who who is that lady I can't remember her name but basically but I like I like funny stuff I like comedic stuff like I want to do stuff that's funny and fun like I don't know if I can do this the serious stuff I don't yeah. know if I can like <laughs> like burst in the tea <laughs> yeah that's crazy. <laughs> Like, I I want to do fun stuff. So yeah, no, I I could definitely see that. Even a stand up, maybe you never know. Netflix yeah, no, special. You know what's funny? People tell me all the time that I have good comedic timing and that I should do stand up. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that seems so scary. And they're like, well, you're already on stage. You already like have a stage, have a mic. Like, what's the difference? And I'm like, cause there's no music. So there's like, you, you're really depending on like landing this joke, which I don't know one day, maybe I'll do stand up. Maybe I'll yeah. do stand up. Well, you shared the same management as Childish Gambino and he's Donald Glover. So he dips into the acting world. So maybe there's a connection there as well that it's meant to be. Well, I don't, I don't share the same management as them. As them. I, um, I actually have new management. And it's I've new had- management now. Yeah, I've had new management for years, like okay. since. So yeah. Yeah, so that's well, you still have that connection from the back, you know. what I mean, so maybe there it'll cross paths eventually. That it'll actually, you know, because you had that connection with Childish Gambino and working with him. Yeah. It it could be meant to be for sure, but low key superstar. Tell me about the message of that album and how you feel because I feel as though you're trying to say something there. Like I'm a superstar. I'm just low key. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. It's like. I don't know. People think that like being a low a, a superstar is about being like, you know, just super like loud and like you know you gotta have this, you gotta have that, you gotta show it off, you gotta be flashy, you gotta be this, and it's like yeah, I could, but eh, like I'd rather be low key. Like when I go out, you gonna know I'm a superstar, but if you don't see me out, where you gonna you're not gonna see me. <laughs> like <laughs> I be low, like. I'd be low as hell. So that's really that's really all it's about. It's just about like when I mean, it goes back to that whole like internet thing of not feeling the pressure of like having to like prove myself on the internet by like constantly being in people's face twenty four seven to the to remind them why they should give a fuck. It's like either you give a fuck or you don't. Like and I I know who I am. Like I know who I am at the end of the day and I know I'm a superstar. So you know, you can see, especially the following that you built. I mean, they're cheering for you out in New York. That's all. That's all has to be said. <laughs> especially in New York, the tough crowd that they have, the Apollos and all that stuff. 
I'm saying. I'm like, fuck with me the long way. Like, they fuck with me. So, yeah, it's just, it's it's like, I don't, I don't really care to do the, the thing. I'm like, I'm just here to make great art, great music that, you know, connects with people, makes them feel something. And that's really it. <laughs> like, that's, that's all I want to do. What's been the most important, because you've been doing this for many years now, so what's been the most important moment throughout your time in the industry, whether it's traveling, doing the touring, meeting different people, what's been the most important moment of growth for you that you think has brought you to where you're at in the evolution of your career this far and ongoing? Um, You mean like what part of all yeah, of it? Out of everything so far throughout your journey was an important moment for growth that has led you to this longevity. Um. I think I think it's just being consistent with like the music, just mm-hmm. being just being committed to to growing sonically, you know. Um, I mean, touring has definitely helped me like reach new audiences, um, but I think just me being very very committed to never making the same song twice has like like kind of granted me the the freedom to reach so many types of audiences. And so um, that's just something that like, I think I'll always be doing. I think that's just innately how I am. Like you can go literally listen to my entire catalog and one, one song doesn't sound like the other, no. like at all. <laughs> like, no. And I know that for a fact, like you, like you can go and try to find two songs that sound the same and it's not gonna work. No. And so um I just I just think that like my commitment to growing sonically as an artist, um, yeah, that, that's been the thing that has been able to allow me to have longevity and um just staying committed to like who I am and the messaging of being authentic. So yeah, authenticity I think reigns supreme here for sure. With you, you can tell that you're an authentic artist. A lot of you see a lot of superficial people out there today. You're not one of them. T- tell me about the upcoming album because I know we're going to be dropping and airing the interview it's for the release of the upcoming album. So tell me what we can expect from this. Any details that you can reveal? Because I know there's some things that you can't reveal probably. So tell me anything that you can say today. Um. So wait, when is coming out? This is coming out April, May, right around the release. I heard. Shout out to Sean. <laughs> Um, so, um, it's called Real Bitches Don't Die. Okay. And it's just like, it's really just, it's, it's a lot of things. Okay. It's a lot of things. Uh, it is an homage to, you know, growing up in the South, living in the South, um, and having, you know, the Southern experience, whether it's me living in Little Rock, me living in Atlanta, me living in Houston, um, you know, me spending time, me, you know, visiting Memphis, which is not far from Little Rock and just having like the Southern, just having this Southern experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Southern rap music definitely informed me as a person and as an artist. And so this is my like love letter to um, Southern rap music. And it's also just like, it's like a declaration of independence and a celebration of life because at the end of the day, we have overcome so many things these past few years and just in life in general. And we're still here. We're still like persevering every single day. And yeah, it's like real bitches don't die. Like metaphorically, literally, whatever you want to like, we don't die because at the end of the day, if you're doing something, that's real. It's authentic to you. And I know it's like, oh, real. What makes somebody a real whatever? It's like whatever that whatever is authentic to that person, that's there, that's theirs. That's what makes them real. It's like when you go outside of who you are or 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 who you know yourself to be or like align or what you align with, that's when you're not being real. You know, whether other people agree with it or not. And so for me, it's like, um, I just feel like what I've given to the world, what I've given to other people, it's never gonna die. Whether people wanna acknowledge it or not, it's never gonna die. No. Like, it's not gonna die because it lives through other people. <laughs> like, the influence lives through other people, so it's not gonna die. Cause that influence is gonna go to another person, which is gonna be influenced in another person, and it's just gonna forever be a thing. So, 
Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's my best work yet. It oh, is. That's, that's big. My, it's my best. <laughs> it's my best work. And um, it's produced, it's executive produced by Felix. Okay. Um, he's also responsible for um, some work with Smino. He's worked with No Name, Saba, Raven Lene. So you might be familiar with him there. He's also an artist. Uh, amazing musician producer singer songwriter and uh yeah we you know met last year um through a mutual friend named the mind he's a amazing songwriter singer artist and um we ended up falling in love in the process me and felix and now this album is our baby <laughs> so, <Come on>. So I'm just really, I'm really, really excited to um, put this out. And I'm not going to name all the features, but one of the features is Big Creek. So, oh, that, that's big. Yeah. 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 That's, that, the, the, there's only going to be so much more to come, like surprises as far as this album. But as far as the rollout goes, what are you planning for the rollout of promotion and tour? Do you have a tour plan that you're currently working on? So we're actually working on like touring stuff now. Like they're literally sending me like like lists of people that, you know, asking me who I want to tour with. So we're getting all that stuff together. But um yeah, the the like the first single, which is the one that has Big Crit on it, is actually coming out in like what's the twenty second? Like twelve, thirteen days. Yeah. So um in like two weeks that'll be out. Um and then we're gonna announce the album after that so yeah i'll be looking forward to it for sure because it's something that makes you unique like you said before is that you're not going to get the same song with me different all the time you're not it primary is not going to sound like low-key superstar it's always going to be something different this shit is this is it like yeah. this is it this is it and so i'm excited to like you know let people hear Cause I've been, I've been, I've been super tapped out of like everything. I, I had like before, before we like finished the the mixes, I wasn't listening to anything that was new, anything that was coming out. So like almost for, from like I would say from May, I wasn't listening to any new music. So I listened to the the Beyonce, I listened to the Beyonce album, like the months. house album that just released yeah, on the Grammy for months after every, like I had been seeing everybody talking, I'm like, oh man, I wish I could listen to this Beyonce, but I just didn't want to, I didn't want to like be like subconsciously influenced by what she was doing. I didn't want to like hear what she was doing, but oh my, oh, maybe I need, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm very like, I need to just tap out and just tune in to what's happening to me so I can give like, you know like the most authentic version of myself. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I, I am too. I, I'm looking forward to this. You've achieved so much already. So I think this album, if you feel it in your heart, this album is going to be, it's going to be huge. Yeah. I mean, every, here's the thing, my, my management team, they, my man, like one of my managers, she literally knows all the words to the, like, she's like, this is, this is amazing. Like, ah, oh, I'm like every day, but like, she, she has that energy about it every single day. And, and that's the thing that like makes me excited, you know, it's like that the people around me are like genuinely excited about the music every single day. And so even when I be having my moments where I'm like having doubts, they're like, no, no <laughs> they're like no and so it it just feels good to have like you know that support system around me that's like cheering me on and it's gonna go gonna go the links to make sure that this album gets gets all the things that it deserves so this is gonna be name wise may not content wise but like Lil Kim's hardcore Foxy Brown's El Nana it's gonna be that type no I don't know don't put me up there with them no <laughs> Oh, man, Let's just put it up there where real bitches don't die, carry folk. That's, that's oh, that's fire. Yeah, we keep that up. <laughs> that's the <laughs> real bitches oh, don't die. They too, they too goaded. They too goaded. <laughs> I ain't they go to No, but I, I expect great things with this, especially what you're saying. I think this is going to be monumental in the Grammys. 
BET Awards. I think all this is going to come. It's going to happen. Yeah, I, you know, you know, anything can happen. Anything is. I'm, I'm just like, I'm just gonna sit here and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait. I'm just gonna wait. But I, I know in my heart, I'm like, this, this for me, this music is about reaching the people it's supposed to reach. You know, it's not, it's like I'm not really trying to cast a wide ass net. You know, it's like I'm not trying to be like, oh, I gotta reach. Uh, people from the age of five to the age of 65 and it's like no it's like if it's for you you're gonna hear it and it's gonna be for you and so I just yeah I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a big deal it definitely is we're, we're gonna will it into existence here but Carrie Falls, is there anything else you want to let your fans know the people who are all following you on the social media accounts know what else you want to say today to conclude the show I don't know. Just know that, like, I don't know. Just be, just be, uh, just be yourself. Be authentic. Whatever that looks like. Whether people get it, they don't get it. They're accepting of you. Whatever you will find your tribe. You will find people that respect you, even if they are different from you. Um, yeah. And if you have a dream, go after it. Don't you know? Don't wait. Like, don't, don't be like, oh, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it next year when I got the, like, just do it. Just start planting the seeds um, every single day. And, you know, trust that, trust that the universe will, you know, open doors for you. Um, Real bitches don't die. Coming soon as fuck from Carrie Fo. That's all I got, that's all yeah. I got. <laughs> Carrie Fo, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you to your management and Sean at Cosign for setting this up. and. I'm looking forward to the album. I'm going to be putting it in my rotation, promoting it for you. I look forward to hearing it. You're always welcome on the show anytime. And, and thank you for all that you do and putting on for Arkansas and just staying true to yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much for, you know, giving a very thorough and amazing interview. I, I, really, don't, I really don't come across a lot of these. So thank you so much for, you know, doing the work. I, I appreciate that. It means a lot. And uh, until the next time, the billboards will be there. All the accolades will be there. Period. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. Stay safe. All right. You too. All right, Carrie. Take care.